Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. But that's what it is. You always say call a spade a spade. If you don't have the potential, uh, then fuck it. Yeah. Oh shit, I messed up already. <laughs> oh shit, too. Oh my god. But they know they're not married material. Exactly. exactly. Oh my god. Podcasting is therapy for me. I mean, I really don't do it for no other reason because I just like being honest and and telling my truth in hopes that it'll help people be more transparent and honest about what it is they like, what it is they love, what it is they hate. I mean, if we can't be honest with ourselves, then what the fuck are we doing? You are now listening to The Reality Is. We're in Atlanta, man. We came out here to do some big things, man, kind of hang out, but it's a guy that I've been following on Instagram for about four years. And I started out by following him just by his dope work, your creativity, people talking about you. And then I started following you and I was like, damn, you know, the shit you're doing, man, I appreciate it. As an artist myself and as a creative myself, I appreciate people who actually go after what it is they want. So with no further ado, am I saying that right? I think it's no further ado. She always had, without further ado, (laughs) I want y'all to introduce, I want to introduce Maya Bailey. Of City of Ink Tattoo Shop out here in Atlanta, Georgia, man. How you doing today? I'm I'm good, man. What's up, man? I'm good, bro. I appreciate you. Like I told you, man. I appreciate you for for doing the interview. I'm gonna sit back and chill. I'm on this couch. Normally we in chairs, uptight, uh, and in the studio. At home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I do appreciate you, man. First of all, City of Ink, man. How long have you been doing this, man? How long you had the tattoo shop? Well, City of Ink is 11 years old. Um, February be 12 years old. But we've been uh, in business since the early 90s. So this your baby? Yeah, yeah. City Inc. was the one that got us over the, past the struggle point, I yeah. guess, in life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we had other, we had about three or four shots before City Inc. Yeah. City Inc. just the one that worked. So how did it start? Like, did you, were you like drawing growing up? Because I was the type of person, I'm scribbling in every book. I'm drawing on everything. I'm scribbling on walls and shit. Like, was this like a childhood thing and it just manifested? Yeah, I was always drawing, man. My mom discovered it in me, you know, and then she was the type of person that was keeping me involved in yeah. art. And then uh, when I went to school, um, you know, my my teacher saw it and they kept me in art. Yeah. I had my first art teacher. It was Her name was Miss Mapp. And she was my first art teacher in elementary school. And, you know, she really, really pushed me and put me in, like, art contests yeah. and all this type of things, man. And it got me, you know, really hungry. In it. And you just stayed on it. Yeah. So I know the thing about it. When I, did you hear, how many times have you heard that thing where you growing up and you're like, I want to be an artist. And people are like, that ain't going to make you no fucking money. So you I, might as well do something different. I never heard it before. So they supported it. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. So, I mean, it was like a black artist. Everybody yeah. supported it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And see, so that's I never, a blessing. I never, it, it never, no one ever told me I couldn't make any money. They always told me, like, 
all right, gonna take you far. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> no, I never had a, nobody ever said anything. I'm from, you know, where I'm from. It was like, you the one gonna do it. You, you gonna, gonna do make it. it. You, you was gonna, the ball player the art. and art. Yeah, man, like, you gonna make it, you gonna make it. So it wasn't like, I never had any doubt. I never even thought about doing anything else. Yeah. It was never another another backup plan or a thought. And it's crazy you said it because I was we were watching something the other day and it was like these kids, they were all tatted up and they were like 18, 19 years old. And back in the day, I know when I was younger, I used to be like, damn, they fucked their, you know, their lives up. They're not going to be able to get a job, so on and so forth. Now, my perspective has changed to where now I look at them and I'm like, you know what? They going all in on themselves. They believe that much in themselves, you know, like art rappers and stuff like that. You have to go all in on yourself to tat your face up, your neck up, your hands up and do all of this stuff and make the type of music that you want to make. So with you, what keeps you doing it to this day, man? Like what keeps you consistently on, you know, doing the tattoos, the art, the creativity? I know you've built something for yourself now with the tattoo shop, yeah. but a lot of times, you know, when business starts to boom, your passion fades. You know, it's a difference between, you know, tattooing, in my opinion, with tattooing and then actually sitting down at a, you know, with an easel and drawing. Well, I mean, with tattoo, I mean, I never separated the art form tattooing, just a small part of my life. You know, I never looked at it as a main focus of my life. Yeah. So it's like, um, I mean, I, I like tattooing. I get tired of it yeah. if I have to do it every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm, I still love that art form, man. But I don't know. I, I don't think I could lose, lose the passion for something because yeah. it's like art got us to the point where it got me out the projects. It got me out the hood, right? And then all of a sudden, now, now I'm employing people. Yeah. So it's like, it must be doing the right thing. So I never thought about it losing the passion because even if I don't want to do it, I know I'm coming up with other artists that can take my place and yeah. do the same thing that I can do or do it better. And that's something I read in one, I forgot what article I was reading, but the guy was interviewing you and he was talking to you about what you do and how you give back and empower other people and giving them that opportunity. And you said, yes, I'm willing to give them the opportunity if they're willing to work at it and keep honing on that craft. How important is that to like pouring back into people and mentoring people? You know what I'm saying? Like how how important is that for you and how does it encourage or help you? Cause you know, a lot of times when you mentor somebody, you people look at it as, okay, he's my mentor. You're helping me. But sometimes us giving to another person, you know what I'm saying? It helps them. So what, how does it feel to actually be able to give back to employ people to be a mentor and be looked upon like that? Well, I mean, I started out in the street. So it's like, so imagine a mentality like you're a protector. So I started off being a big brother, I'm the oldest of my family. My mom was a single mother. So imagine being a big brother, you're the protector, your big your your, your your brothers and your sister and stuff right there, right? Yeah. And then you I became a father at sixteen. Okay. And then so I'm a daddy mode. And then I was in the streets and I mean people know my history, I was a shooter. Yeah. So I was a protector, whoever was selling dope at the time. So think about that mind state. So I just, it was always in my my, my way to kind of be a protector or provider in some yeah. way. And then, so if I flip that energy into business, and it's the same thing. I just yeah. gotta make sure my employees are happy in some way. That's not always easy. Artists are really hard to please, but I try to my best to make sure they in a good position where they're making more money than most of the artists in that field. Yeah. And nobody can't say that my artists don't make more money than most of the shops. Well, shit, I saw two artists, or even in a, in the gallery, we sell more art than most galleries yeah. do. So it's like we do. I I do my best in that way to make sure that um, I believe in two karmas, right? I believe in um, a, a, a currency, and then I, that's the physical world, and that's currency. No matter what, you living in America. You, you battle with you battle with uh, capitalism and yeah. spirituality, right? So in the spiritual world, I know if I give if I give a favor out, 
I know it's coming back as a currency in some form or fashion, no matter how small it is. Yeah. And then where, where, where I don't make financially, maybe the karma's going to come back and help me out in a way. Because karma is not always what you think it's going to be. Yeah, man, but I try to balance it out as much as I can to do as much good as I can yeah. because I ain't a perfect human being. Yeah. So I try to balance out as much karma, good karma as possible, and maybe come back. And guess what? It have it been working for me so far. Yeah. I have, I've been doing a lot of shit. That millionaires be doing, and I'm doing that shit. I ain't no millionaire, mm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know how the hell I do it, but it happens. So it must Favor. be, it, it must be karma, yeah. right? It yeah. must be good faith yeah. and paying for, right? Because yeah. I'm not a finan- I'm not a billionaire and yeah. that shit. I'm doing stuff, and we really, you know, controlling the narrative of a whole block yeah. in the city. Did you ever so, feel like with everything that you're doing before it even got to this point? Did you ever feel like you know what, this shit might not make it? I never had any doubt about anything. Yeah, I never thought about it. I never been that type of person, man. I never been having a doubt. I never had that. In the, I mean, they, even when I do, like, damn, how the hell I'm gonna do it? Because yeah. I never did it before. Yeah, I got people around me. I mean, like one time, like not too long ago, I did say some doubtful shit the, the, out of my mouth, and my man Ro checked me like, motherfucker, don't be saying, you know, like, yeah. you can't do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then I thought true. about it, and like, damn, because I've been proving anything I put my mind to. You can do it. 100. I have accomplished it. And it's crazy you say that because that's the same way for me. Now, I'm a little bit different. I'm a pessimist, so a lot of times I will doubt certain things if it takes too long or if it gets, you know, hard. I never want to give up, yeah. you know, but it, at the same time, when people on the outside are saying, hey, man, you got next. This is next level shit you're doing. Or, oh, you interviewed this famous person or you interviewed this person. That's dope. But for me, being in the fire, you know, putting all this money into it, this effort, this time, you don't see what everybody else sees sometimes. So with me, that's, you know, I've thought about that. So I was wondering, you know, with other creatives and other people who are putting stuff together, you have those, well, I know for me, I had those doubts, but I do have a good group of people around me, like you said, to where when I say if, they say when, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm being pessimistic, they being optimistic. Yeah. So it's great to have those people around you. Tell me a little bit about uh, Peter Street Station, man. Where did it come from? Like I said, I knew about City of Ink, but as I started researching you for the interview, I was like, damn, I didn't even know that. So where did the, uh, the concept come from? Well, I mean, this building been abandoned since um, since the eighties, and then I always had my eye on it, but I knew I couldn't afford it, you know. And, you know, it was just something that, like, where well, I work hard for a couple of years, and if I can, if it ever came across me, yeah, and you know, if I could afford it, then I could get it. And then one day, my business partner, uh, my art gallery, Nache Sharon Dunning, he called me up. Was like uh, Anthony Harper, which is the owner of this organization called the Goat Farm. It was like they want to meet with you about yeah. something, and she wouldn't tell me what it was, or she didn't know what it was at the time. But it came to the meeting, and then we opened up the folder, and she was like, "Oh, I got this building. I'm interested in, or you might be interested in, yeah. and I think it's a good offer. You know, you think should if you think about it. I didn't really know what it was talking about. I thought it was another location. We opened up the folder. It was this building right, right on the street. Yeah, right in the end of the block. Yeah, I like what you know. <laughs> he was like, "You made me an offer. You know, what I'm saying like something that you can afford." Yeah. And we'll give you the resources and give you the space and the time to put it together and make it affordable for you. Karma. That's and good so karma. was like, damn. And then he was like, just make it something for the community, our community, and make sure to bring in revenue because I've been showing revenue. Yeah. And and there you go. And then it make it affordable. Mortgage payments that's affordable. <laughs> and there you go. So he made it affordable for me. Yeah. Along, you know, and, and I did it for, I'm doing it for the community. So you call some of your art, I was reading the article and you called your art Neo-Expressionism. I've yeah. never heard of that. So yeah, I was gonna ask I you did. to explain I wrote, that to me. That was a long time ago, I said that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I did my research, but, man, I had to dig for it. But it's like, okay, it's like, um, cause it's new. 
It's not old. It's new, and it's and I'm, I'm expressing. So it's the same thing, man. It's like it's not really the traditional way, and it's not. It don't look like traditional way. Yeah. My artwork don't look like nobody else's. No. So it's like it's it's like a neo feeling. You know, it's like new. It's almost futuristic, but it's still past. You know, uh, a balance of both. Yeah. I try to balance of both, and a lot of times, man, with my art, I try to. I'm at a point now where you know I'm getting older, so I gotta jump out of my comfort zone and started doing experiment more yeah. with art, because I know exactly what, as an art dealer, I know what my clients want. Yeah, but as an artist, I don't want to always do what they want me to do. How you know what I'm saying? No, I know I definitely get that. And I, I wanted to go back to where you were talking about you used to be a shooter. Now, of course, that's something I wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? So, how many? How often? I know for me, I can relate. I, I wasn't a shooter, but I sold drugs. You know what I'm saying? I ran the streets as well. So to be out of that now mm-hmm. and look back, do you? How often do you stand like in the middle of your success and look back and be like, damn, like? And actually, kind of what I call, I just be like, man, ride your own dick sometime. Like, you came a long fucking way, bro. Yo, so it only happens sometimes. Yeah. It's like a flash, like, oh, shit, shit you know like, what I'm saying? What like, I'm and I'm going to tell you some experiences, like, because I know my, my, my goal. Yeah. So if you like, everybody else might think you made a long way, but if your goal is this way, yeah. then only you judging how far your life is. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody like, you came far, but that's not my goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just one of the steps that y'all saw. Yeah. And then I got to that step, but it's like 20 more steps I got to reach. So to my goal, yeah. you know, to the finish line. But I do have these flashes. I was like, man, I had one of them. And I was in Japan, dude. Like I was in Tokyo and uh, no, I wasn't in Tokyo. I was outside of Tokyo. Like I can't even pronounce the, the city, the little town I was in. It was like two hours outside of Tokyo on a yeah. train. And I was with uh, Corey Davis, the artist Corey Davis. And um, we was in a, and this monk told us to follow him. And we went to his damn cave, dude, with a candle. A cave and a candle. With a monk. A cave, a candle, and a monk. That may and be the and name the monk of told us podcast. to feel around in the cave <laughs> and put the candle right on the candle, which you want, like a wish or blessing yeah. or something, and then find a place in there with you feeling your energy to put it in there. And as soon as I did that and put that candle down, I realized, I was like, damn, man. It just like had a flash in life. Like I was just like in the hood, and then all of a sudden, now I'm in Japan in the cave with a monk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Imagine that, yeah. like in the hood with some dope boys. Now and I'm now. in Japan in a, in a, in a, cave in a little cave dude on your golden child shit on Ain't a that- spiritual journey man <laughs> like think about that you know so flashes like that realize how far I got you, can, you know what yeah. I'm saying like damn man I yeah. never thought I did think it but I'm really doing it you know what I'm saying yeah. it's pretty amazing when your mind catch up with your body yeah and as you're telling that story like for me I know I can sit back and I'm like I kind of can feel that same way by myself me being here now yeah, I know it. I, for me, it sounds crazy when people be like, "Hey, man, I really like your show." Blah 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 blah. So for me, I, I it may be flattering for you as well, but that's the same thing. I can literally go back to when I first started this in a college radio station, doing this. I never thought, you know, I would be sitting on the couch with somebody that I've been following and admiring oh, wow. their work for all these years, and now to be like here. And I even told Artesia, you know, my consultant, I was like, "When you do, when you shoot this shot, I was like, if he say no, that's cool, no, but just shoot it." And like when she, she was, you know, she did her research. And when you said you find him on what his little text app, you find him on his text app, you hit him up, and, and she was like, he responded just like that. I was like, for real? She like, it's a go. It was literally like the same day she decided to do this. Wow, man. you know, you responded. So for I'm me, not I was bourgeois. like. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, some people lose themselves, man. I've never, you know, they get I, that success. They get, you know, people 
calling their name, always coming in the shop. Well, they say money show you who stuff. the real you is, yeah. right? It magnetize your personality. Yeah. Yeah. See, I never been a person um, that my soul never been sold by money. It been plenty of opportunities I could have sold my soul for yeah. some cash. But you know, I believe in uh, something that my kids be proud of and yeah. come back and research. Cause money gonna be gone, then when you dead, your legacy and your name stands for something. That's true. I ain't gonna be known as a perfect human being, but I can, motherfucker can't say I ain't do good by them by business. Yeah, you know and what I'm saying. Look out for other people. Yeah, like you say, when you employ people, man, that's a big deal. I did want to talk about like how did fatherhood change you? I am not a father, but you know, uh, Father's Day just passed. Yeah. And I had a conversation with some friends of mine and I was like, do you feel like black men, black fathers get enough do? You know, I think so many times it's so many shitty fathers or fathers who yeah. don't do that. The good fathers who are doing for their kids, people just be like, oh, that's what he's supposed to do. It's his kid. As opposed to on Mother's Day, like everybody's, you know, they champion mothers. That's dope. I think they should. Yeah. But I, do you feel like a lot of fathers, especially black men, don't get, you know, that that just do? And if you, you know, and then after that, just kind of lead into like what, how fatherhood changed you. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of like that. I don't believe you should be rewarded for something you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, like, oh my gosh, you taking care of your kid, <laughs> black man. Like, eh, you know, black man, you're taking care of your baby. <laughs> Nigga, you're supposed to be keeping care of your baby. I mean, no reward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? But the old thing is, it should be celebrated that we made it through obstacles to do that. Yeah. Because we live in through a time where programming and the system is made against us, and we got gotta make through these obstacles to be that so that should be celebrated true, true. not the not the act of being a father actually that's being a father special i'm talking about the act of making it all the way past 25 and living as a black man in america should be celebrated yeah period and it's crazy that it's people period. always talk about 25 like you always hear in the hood people like oh nobody said i would make it to 21 yeah. 25 i literally set up the other day i'm 35 and I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, sometimes I feel like outside of, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I know my purpose. I know my calling. But a lot of times I'm like, what else am I supposed to be doing? Because if you think back in like, ain't like what, Viking times and shit, like they was dying at like 28, yeah. 18. Like that was a full life. So I know I find myself a lot of times just sitting up being like, what's next? Because, you know, a lot of times, the longer you live, you're reaching those obstacles. You reach, you know, you jump in those obstacles, you're reaching those yeah. goals. So it's always like, what's next for me? So, but what has it been like being a father, turning a father at 16? Well, I mean, it's different. I don't know. I got daughters, too, dude. I yeah. got like four daughters and one son, right? So it was like, it broke, it, it, it made me understand, um, I mean, as a man, like you young, and you really don't have a male to show you how to be, and you're like, your, your role models like players and shit. Yeah. So you'll be on some like, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, women was something, you know, like Kanye kind of say recently, say, he, he, the old, when he got a daughter, you understood that women oh, are yeah. something to nurture instead of conquer. Oh, yeah. You don't understand this until you got one, for yeah. real. Literally, like, when you got a little girl, and they ain't a little girl for having they grow to be women, and then men looking at them, yeah. and then you gotta think about those young men was just like you looking at somebody else. Exactly. And then you gotta think about all of, that's when karma come. <laughs> yeah, and that's the part I got four daughters, dude, <laughs> so imagine. So it's like, that that understanding the way you should treat a woman, yeah, um, it's real in your face and knowing you, because I, I and I've said that too. I was I was telling somebody I was like I don't want to have a daughter. If I have one, I mean, you know, like Gil Scott Heron said, I got a pretty big bill to pay. Yeah. But you know, if I have one, it's one of those things like you say. You do learn. It, it's like it would. I would. I just think it would teach you to be like you got to get it together. I have a niece, so I know for me, with having a niece, I try to. 
you know, teach us certain things or, you know, change the way I do certain things or I try to treat women the way I would want a man to treat my moms now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't always think that way. Yeah. So like you say, without a dart, I'm like, well, hopefully I'm, you know, I'm negating some of this damn bad karma. Since I hadn't had a kid yet, I can kind of do right. But if you do have a daughter, it's going to change you for Oh, yeah. I mean, a blue, having a little boy is to get It'll more change. of your pride yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yes, my boy, you know. <laughs> and then your daughter's like, oh, hell, it's like you don't want nobody to get, you know what I'm saying? Nah, like, You don't want nobody touching none of that. Yeah, man. So it's a different thing, man. It's a different thing. So you talked about energy vampires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know I wanted you to explain your version of that, but I know for me, it's, it's definitely important for me to keep people with positive vibes, positive insight, positive, just upward thinking and upward mobility. But when you think about energy vampires, I mean, where where that where that come from? I, I was reading the article, and I was like, damn, I ain't never really heard nobody put this shit like that. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta think about energy vampires. You got certain people that come around. Like me personally, some days I don't want to be around anybody. Yeah. Cause I'm overwhelmed by energy, you know. Especially yeah. like being an empath, you feel everybody's shit, right? Yeah. Some energy, if you bring around, it's inspiring to you. It's calming to you. You know what I'm saying? And then some energy around, you know, they just leeching off you, like trying to get inspired. Oh, they hit you up. Oh, you inspiring me and this and that. Not saying something wrong with that. Yeah. But if you only one inspiring. And nobody, you're not giving anything back. Energy, yeah. How the hell are you supposed to inspire the next person? So it's just energy going in one direction. It's and your cup is becoming empty. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, out. you drain because guess what? Ain't nobody refilled you with nothing saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So think about being an artist and then, like, you know, like my, how my mind thinks. I'm multitasking my mind. So I'm seeing a whole, I'm seeing business numbers. I'm seeing art. I'm seeing all this. I'm yeah. seeing fathers. I'm seeing home. I'm seeing all the things in my mind. So I need another brain that's going to stay up with yeah. that and inspire me mentally the same way or spiritually the same way. Yeah. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So in everybody time, can match mentally, but somebody can match spiritually, spiritually or energy wise. It's going to give you the same energy. Like, hell yeah, my nigga here. Oh, hell yeah, my girl here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's just certain energy make you feel good and certain energy like, okay, I'm a goddamn teacher today and I'm gonna just have to teach this motherfucker something and then they gonna drain and not I'm not getting anything back and they just taking. Yeah. So I, I know before we started the podcast, me and you were talking about legacy. And we were you know, I was talking to you about your art and, and, and things like that. But what does the word legacy mean for you and what it is that you're doing and what you're trying to leave behind? Well, legacy to me don't to me, my I don't know. Cause my thing is I just wanna make sure when I'm out of here that people can't say that I didn't give my all to help my people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I really gave the best I could do and was and and gave up a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I studied like great people in the world who gave up so much. Like people like Muhammad Ali, even the Christians Jesus and Muhammad, and all yeah. these people who sacrificed all these things for their people and they live forever yeah. in story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I want my grandkids, my great-grandkids to be like, yo, my granddaddy was Maya Bailey. And, <laughs> you know, I might have a statue or something one day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And no, they know I gave my all, you know what I'm yeah. saying, to my people and making sure that um, doors was opened up. Even if I don't get a chance to enjoy the fruits of my labor, I want to make sure that anybody coming out to me gets going to, it made it a little easier for them. Yeah. So why Atlanta, man? Like, why, you from North Carolina? Yeah. What made you pick Atlanta to be or what you call home and settle, you know, set up shop here and start creating that legacy here? I know the legacy started far before you came yeah. here, but what 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 made you choose Atlanta? Because Atlanta, the best city for black people in the world. Yeah. 
And I, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I've never been to Africa, so let me see the world in the United States. <laughs> I ain't never been to Africa yet, but in the, in the United States of America, ain't no better, no better place for a black entrepreneur in the world. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the United States that I know of. And that's I've been a lot part. of places, I've been a lot of places in Atlanta is, is a special city. No matter what, is Atlanta to me is the most amazing city. You can it's a chalkboard. You can create anything you want to make it. And yeah. It's no excuses except for working hard, and you can build something. Now, if you don't want to build it from scratch, you want to jump into an industry already set, then go to New York or L.A. Yeah. You can jump in, be an actor, jump in, whatever, mute, whatever. But in Atlanta, you can create your own legacy, your own industry, your own anything. I created my own lane here. Nobody else was doing what we was doing, so I just created one. And now everybody else tried to do what we did. Fucking 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I know when I grew my locks, for me, I didn't start them just, you know, a lot of people do it because of a style. Yeah. A lot of people start doing that shit because of Wayne, you know. But for me, I felt like it was a journey that I needed to go or a different path I needed to take, you know, and it taught me patience and it taught me compassion and how to be understanding all off of my hair. Yeah. So with you being an artist, what is the artistic expression taught you? Like what have you gotten out of it? I had locks too. What well, did you? Why did you start them though? I started mine. It was two different things. I started mine. The first time it was all. It was just. Uh, it was the whole. Well, was the first thing I wrote about. It was more the, of the appearance of being dreadful to white people. Okay. Be realistic. I was like when I first grew locks. I was probably 15, 16 years old. Okay. And I was the only one in my hometown with some. So realistically, my only role model with locks was Basquiat. Okay. So I was on some shit like in high school, 16, 15, 16, growing locks because it looked crazy as hell. <laughs> and white people and, and even black people, conservative black people, was afraid of it. Yeah. And then, you know. Still then, are. Yeah. And then after a certain time when I grew my locks, when I turned night, I was turning 18, 19. Yeah. I started growing locks. It was because I was going through a spiritual change. Okay. You know, and then it was feeling like I was trying to not be a part of um, uh, a, a slave to like polymaterialism. materialism. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't grow up for. I grew. I was growing uh, freeforming locks. Yeah. So it was just like I didn't give a fuck. You about just let it be. Yeah, man. You know. And then the women I attracted and the people I attracted was beautiful. You know. So it was pretty dope. <laughs> I don't know what it is about women in dreads or women in tattoos or whatever. I don't know but. what it was, but in them days, man, it was beautiful. Queens are coming to you, man. Treat you like a, a god, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it was a privilege to let you touch the lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's another thing here. But patience, you saying what I do it for expression? Yeah. What I do now? Yeah, like how does it, just like what is it, What it like for me, like I said, it taught me patience and stuff. So when you when you started with art and just now when you do it, like what do you do it for? Like I know sometimes I still may sketch something just, be, like I said before the podcast, it's therapeutic. Well, I never, I never had the luxury like most artists to do art for the luxury of just therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. I always had to do art for income. Yeah. I never had a job, so even when I was a little boy doing art, I was doing it for a living. Yeah. So I never had the luxury of that. I'm trying to get to that freedom so I can do that financially, so I can replace me have to do art for whatever, and I can do it for that leisure. Yeah. But right now for expression, you know, and just the release and shit, I just kick it with my little girl and yeah. my son, you know what I'm saying? They pretty relaxing, and my dog, <laughs> rabbit, my dog rabbit. What kind of dog is that, man? French bulldog. Man, yeah, I kick it with I kick it with them, you know. And then sit on my porch. I'm yeah. I'm pretty simple, man. Read me some comic books, walk somewhere, smoke some weed, <laughs> laugh at my kids. Favorite man. kind of weed? 
Uh, I mean, you know, man, I like OG though. OG. Okay, that's yeah. me too. That's yeah. why I was wondering. I was yeah. so when I even when I asked, I was thinking of like two chains. OG Kush died in my head yeah. when I thought that shit. Yeah. So when you uh, do you ever? What's the worst tattoo appointment you've had where somebody comes in? I don't know if you saw the video or any of y'all saw the video where the girl went in to do the tattoo and the guy turned the tattoo uh, thing on. And he started. He was literally just on a rib, like one line, and she was losing that shit. How do you deal with? Clients like that, man. Have you ever just made somebody get up yeah, and go? I mean, or I may have only one. I was probably 18. Yeah. I think I was 18 and 19. And I talked to her about it recently because one of my close friends, her name is Tiffany Dobbs. She's from Asheville. <laughs> and I was, I think she was 18. I was 19, around that age. And she acted a fool. Like a tattoo took me 30 minutes, took me like two hours. And I was really pissed off. And I told her, I mentioned her in all the interviews I ever did about it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna keep her immortal that way. <laughs> yeah, I'll never tattoo her again, and I love her with all my heart. She yeah. know I love her, that's my girl, but i never tattoo her again, yeah, ever in life, never, <laughs> never. So when you started, when like when you but started- I haven't had no experience since then, cause I'm pretty- Did you do that? Nah, nah, never again. All my clients are pretty, I'm pretty lucky, man. I got yeah. the best clientele in the world. I don't think nobody can argue with that. Nobody, so with pricing, you know, a lot of times when people come out and they doing their art, I know I always talk to my guy Frank here, you know, when he'll come to me and he'll be like, hey, I'm charging this person this for putting this video together, you know, for doing photography. And I'm like, go ahead and put that shit out. So when you do your prices or when you started out, did you ever undersell your work or you always felt like, you know what, nah, this is this is top notch shit I'm paying. You should pay top dollar for my work. And I was never, I mean, you got artists, I respect that too, but I always had this, this mentality. So for example, if I want to make a thousand dollars a day, right, and somebody got, $100 to spend, somebody might got $200, now I'm at three, I got 700 more to go. Yeah. I'm gonna take everybody's budget and do something till I make my quota for the day. I was never the person that turned somebody down because they only had $100 yeah. if I'm not rich. And if I'm balling, like stupid out of control, yeah. then I'll be like that. But I'm not ever, never gonna be in a situation where like, you know, like now I might be like, eh, I ain't got $100, I can think about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> before, no, no, yeah. no, I wasn't there. I wasn't there and my life turned down any money. I don't care if you had $50. And I know my Take quota is $1,000. I can do a $50 sketch. I can do a $100 sketch. I can do a $1,000 sketch. Yeah. I can do a $1,000 anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could do a 500 version of that, whatever, it don't matter. <laughs> I'm not gonna turn down the money at that point in my career. I don't think an artist that haven't made it to that point shit had a luxury to turn down money, especially a black artist. Yeah. And knowing how hard it is, you might as well take all the money you can get. Don't undercut another artist now, yeah. but take money if it's like, if somebody only got $150, then take, you know you can do $150 worth of shit. Yeah, that's true, I can see that. I'm trying to think, so- $150, you can do 30 minute drawing. Why not take make a, a free $150, you sketching anyway for yeah. free. and keep it moving. So what's next for you, man? Like you got City of, you got two City of Inks, right? Yeah. You got Peter Station. With uh, Corey Davis, is my partner over at Edgewood, and Tuki Carter is still my partner over here. And then Nache Gallery. With, yeah, Sharon Dunning here. What's yeah. next, man? You got a lot going, bro. I want to start, I mean, after Peter Street Station is open, man, really, I want to start a bread and breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, that's the next thing I want to do. I want a place where when they come to Atlanta, like when y'all come here, y'all yeah. get the full experience. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like a place to rest y'all here and get the full, wake up with the whole experience of yeah. the culture. Okay. You know? And that's, see, that's the thing too, because that's when we come here, I know I haven't been here. It's been like 12 years since I've been here. Oh, wow. So to be back, it's totally different from being here as a young man and then, you know, as a middle, not middle age. I'm about to sound old as fuck. But, you know, just being back now, I was thinking, I'm like, 
so what is it to do here? What's the culture here? I'm more of a laid back guy, so I'm not into like clubs and you know all that no flashy clubs. stuff. I'm just more chill. I mean, it depends where you want to go. The vibe, honestly, the vibe you had when I came in—that's me. Oh, like where, people around so, and that vibe. Okay, so I don't know. Like my one of my favorite nights. I'm old school, so one of my favorite nights. I still go since I was 19 years old. And I'm, I ain't gonna say how old I am, but it was, <laughs> I was 19 years old. I used to go there, right? And then it was um, it's the Patchy Cafe Wednesday nights. Okay. If you want to get some real good, like Atlanta. Oh, I mean, cause you gonna go in there and the same people who've been singing in there since I was 19, they still <laughs> singing. They still in there singing them songs, dude, straight up. But the whole thing is you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Good food, good vibes. And if you want some good laid back, chill, adult company, and it's not on no Hollywood shit, no VIP type thing, and yeah. it's like Southern hospitality, Southern food, and there's some good soul music, yeah. I say Apache Cafe on Wednesday nights. And you you can never go wrong with soul music and live soul music. <laughs> Man, well, that's all I got for you, man. I'm gonna wrap it up. But tell them before we get out of here, man, tell them where they can find you at on social media and if they were looking for a, a tattoo artist, where can they find you if they right here in Atlanta? Well, you can easily find me, man. I'm pretty, I'm on Peter Street, Walker Street. I'm on, you know, City of Ink. I'm pretty easy. On social media, just Maya Bailey. This my name. Twitter, Maya Bailey. YouTube, Maya Bailey. Facebook, Maya Bailey. And Instagram, Maya Bailey. And I use Instagram as my main platform of getting information out. All right, man. I appreciate you for coming on. It's an honor, brother. All right, man. Be sure to keep up with all things The Reality Is by going to www.therealityis.com. Also, be sure to keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also listen to previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spreaker, Our Heart Radio, Amazon, and more. If you want to be on the show, be sure to email us at info at therealityis.com. And like I always say, I always remember to inhale courage to excel success. And again, man, I appreciate you, bro, for doing the podcast. It was an honor, brother. Thank all you. Right, we live in life like we stars, constantly medical. Come right out them jaws, deserve a medal for surviving these scars I'm ducking trifling bras The gun store ain't seen a rifle this large Computer thugs, you niggas typing too hard We backspace a deleter, nigga Them A-list parties, I never see them niggas That weed and liquor blurry your vision You never see the picture Don't be defensive, L told me nigga Just be consistent from little Caesar Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.